Do you suffer from anxiety and stress? Do you often find yourself unable to stay still? Do you experience brain fog and an inability to stay focused? I might have an answer for the reason why you may experience these things. Social media. Although we don't have the exact statistics, approximately 54% of the world's population is on social media. Some people using social media do not report any adverse effects, while others suffer mentally from it. I know I can definitely be impacted by social media, and I'm sure you listening to this can be as well. So today I'm going to expose what social media does to your mind and also cover a few ways to protect yourself. Before we get started, are you ready to take control over gaming? In phase one of our family program, we provide immediate strategies to stop the spiral and break through denial. In phase two, you make progress in all areas of your life, including increased motivation, productivity, and social skills. For information on our coaching programs, you can go to gamequitters.com and click book a call in the top right corner or email me directly, cam at gamequitters.com. One of the most prevalent ways social media affects your brain is through information overload. When you open up pretty much any social media platform, there's usually a bombardment of pictures, videos, words, ads, likes, comments, pop-ups, and so on. This gets way worse if you begin scrolling down or get stuck in the cycle of watching endless short videos. Your brain has to constantly keep up with dozens of different media types flying into your cognition. A logical conclusion to this is that we get tired. And although we do, tiredness is not the main issue. When we are mindlessly consuming social media for hours and overclocking our brains with information, we become more anxious, stressed, develop brain fog, and it's way more difficult to do anything else after. Why? because we use up a lot of our dopamine reserves from our baseline levels of dopamine. Now quickly, dopamine is a chemical in our brains responsible for motivation and reward. And our baseline levels of dopamine are the amount of dopamine we have in our system. When we engage in something with high amounts of stimulation, like scrolling through Instagram reels, we're spending dopamine from our baseline and gaining peaks of dopamine as well. Now these peaks feel good, but over time, the reserves of dopamine begin running low and we become bored and anxious. So quickly, here's how neuroscientist Andrew Huberman shares it. And nowadays there's a ton of interest in social media. Social media is an interesting one because the amount of dopamine that's released in response to logging onto social media initially could be quite high, but it seems like likely that there's a taper in the amount of dopamine, but, and yet people still get addicted. If you scroll social media and you see something you really like, dopamine hit. Sure, there's an increase in dopamine. But then you get to something else and you go, mm, not that interesting. However, had you arrived at that second thing first, you might think that it was really interesting. If you had arrived to that second Instagram post three days later or four days later, you might find it extremely interesting. Again, how much dopamine you experience from something depends on your baseline level of dopamine when you arrive there and your previous dopamine peaks. So information overload is a big part of how social media impacts us. Now, if we move on from the overstimulation side of things, social media has a whole other realm of negative effects on our psychology. One of these is toxicity and negativity. Now, most social media platforms provide the user with either complete or partial anonymity. Even if people are using their real names and locations, that doesn't usually stop them from being toxic online. When people are sitting behind their computers or phone screens, it gives a feeling of security to sometimes say more than is needed. One way I like to think about it is that when you're using an avatar online or, or you see someone else's username online, you don't really connect 
to that being a real person. And it's so much easier to say things that you would never say to someone if you actually saw them in person. Now, my email, because of because I speak about gaming topics and social media, you know, I, I get a pretty decent amount of hate mail, especially on my YouTube channel. And I'll get the most vile stuff. I'll get stuff that says, go kill yourself. And it doesn't bother me. Like I, you know, I've been in this game long enough that I've, I've learned how to deal with it. But the truth is that these things people say to me, they would never say to me in person, not only because obviously they would see my giant biceps, but they would see that I was a real person. And that would give them just a, a level of empathy that saying such a thing would be just obscene. Or it would be so socially awkward to say something like that in person that it just would leave people to not actually take that step. But online, you're just sending an email or you're just sending a tweet or you're just writing a comment on the YouTube channel. So it's very easy to say things that you would never say in person. And I think this is a big reason why social media tends to be so toxic and so negative on our psychology. So speaking of the negative effects of social media, another one is comparison. We often forget that most of what we see on social media doesn't actually reflect reality. Fake angles, fake captions, fake fame, and fake happiness are all prevalent marks of social media. I remember one time in particular, I was in Australia on a speaking tour, and I was in Noosa, which is you know one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I was on my phone, and on my phone, I opened up Instagram, and I saw a picture of my friend who was in Rome. And I remember having the thought like, man, I wish I was in Rome right now. That looks so cool. And then I looked up from my phone and I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? I'm currently on one of those beautiful beaches in the world. I'm in Australia. Like this is such an amazing place. And I bet when I posted my photo of the beach of Australia, my friend in Rome was thinking the same thing. Man, I wish I was in Australia. So when you're on social media and you scroll and you see these people having fun, go on the parties, seemingly living their best lives, while you, overstimulated and suffering from information overload, feeling horrible, you become jealous and obsessed. The reality is that most people are not really as happy as they appear to be. Their profiles are just highlights of their lives, and in some cases, are even just fabricated to look like highlights. Nowadays with AI, it's even worse. They aren't even real people. And I can tell you this because I work in the online marketing space and I speak with a lot of other business owners and I know a lot of people who make you know decent money using Instagram as a primary uh, channel for them to acquire customers. And these are highly crafted profiles. The pictures they use, the captions, the branding, it's all designed very intentionally as an opportunity to increase their business revenue. And especially with AI coming on, it's so much harder than ever to actually discern what is real and what is not. With more and more people coming online, this problem's only going to become worse. And so being able to have good discernment about what you see online and being mindful of that comparison is the thief of joy idea is really, really important. Because ultimately all of it kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you were doing something wrong with your life and that you should try to achieve these other things that other people have. And if you actually try to do that, you find that it's not the way it appears on social media, which also leads to other issues. For instance, people could look at my life and say, wow, it's so cool. He lives in Thailand and he has his own business and all this stuff. And 
know, I, I'm not here to say I'm not grateful for that and that there aren't a lot of benefits to it. Of course there are, but people don't see. I wake up at 6 a.m. every day and I'm on coaching calls starting at seven in the morning and I have a lot of admin work I have to do otherwise and that I pretty much am doing it every single day relentlessly. And I've done that for 14 years, hundreds of articles I've written, like hundreds of thousands of words. There's so much work that goes into it. And by no means am I looking to make this about myself. I'm just sharing what my experience is. I live halfway across the world away from my family. So there are a lot of positives for sure, but there are a lot of negatives too. And for me, that's just a trade-off. That's just part of life. And that's just how I've had to kind of go about it. Now for someone else, they have their positives and, and their negatives as well. So it's just the reminder that what you see isn't always the full story. So when you look at people online and you see the lives they have, and you look at all the highlights, just remember those are highlights and they're carefully curated in order to share a specific narrative or a specific story. They're not sharing the whole story and they're certainly not showing the lowlights. If anybody's followed me for a long time, you know that I, I used to be much more vulnerable online about the downs. You know, I would talk about my suicidal thoughts and different experiences like that. And I had to really kind of take a step back and recognize how much I wanted to do that anymore, partially because it used to get a lot of attention. If I posted a story about how I had been suicidal recently or something like that, I would get hundreds and hundreds of messages of people concerned. And although I'm grateful, of course, of people sharing their concern, it was so much for me to manage and so much energy coming my way that that was debilitating in certain ways as well. Of course, my mom waking up to see some story about me being suicidal the week before on social media also had an impact on her and on the people around me. So I just had to really kind of evaluate what was serving people, not just in my life, but, but also just the community at large and be a bit more mindful about what I was sharing. So I still try, of course, to be vulnerable. And, and I think today's little ramble hopefully got some of that across, but definitely when you're seeing Instagram, you're looking at people making jokes or sharing the highlights. You're not seeing all the difficulties underneath the surface, even if they're sharing some aspect of that. They're not posting photos of themselves crying and having panic attacks in their bedroom. I'll tell you that. So just have discernment. All right. Now, if you have a problem with, or even an addiction to social media, you know, try not to worry too much about it, but you do need to take action. You know, you're not alone. There are many people who are struggling, but you need to take action. And so obviously the first method to fix a social media issue is either to quit or to limit, right? So for me, I'm not on Snapchat. Like Snapchat's not a platform I'm on. I don't have the app installed on my phone. I don't watch TikTok. You know, these are apps that I have entirely quit and I just do not engage with them at all. Now, other apps I need to limit and have mindful use around. So Instagram is one where I use Instagram. I post stories sometimes or I post content on the Game Quitters Instagram, but I'm not actively using Instagram and scrolling and checking all my friends' content. I'm not following people on Instagram and paying attention. I just really use it as a tool for my business to share a little bit about my personal life and just to really use messages and DMs primarily. Another app would be Reddit. Reddit is an app I use, but I have to be mindful of not using it too much. Discord as well. 
So on Discord, I really just engage on the Game Quiz Discord and I check it once or twice a day and respond to messages. But otherwise, I'm not actively on that server or other servers constantly chatting with people because otherwise I would just spend hours and hours a day on Discord. So you have to identify the different apps that you have that you use and be mindful of your relationship with them. The key idea here is to minimize the negative exposure to the addictive elements of social media. So those are the short videos, the memes, the quick and flashy videos, the ones that lead to content over consumption. So watching short reels or TikTok videos or YouTube shorts can very easily lead you to lose track of time. Whereas watching one long form video on YouTube that you know is 10 minutes helps to keep your use limited. So you have to be mindful about how you engage. And the best mentality to do this is to use the mentality that social media is a tool, not as a source of entertainment. Engage in social media and engage with your phone differently. It's a tool to help you maybe with communication, right? Or to get from A to B using Google Maps instead of it's a tool to constantly entertain you every second of the day, every moment that you're bored. Now, we have a bunch of articles on GameCores.com that can help you with more practical ways to limit your use or to set boundaries around your phone. So you can check those out on the blog on GameCores.com. But the key takeaway is to be mindful of how you're using social media and to limit its negative impact. Use it as a tool, not as a source of entertainment. Thanks so much for listening to the Gaming the System podcast. I hope you got value out of today's episode. On GameQueers.com, we have hundreds of YouTube videos, articles, and other podcast episodes to help you get control over gaming. We also have bespoke coaching programs where we work directly with you and your family to get gaming under control for good. For information on our coaching programs, email me directly, cam at GameQueers.com, or go to GameQueers.com and click book a call on the top right corner, and I'll share information with you then. Together, we will get your son back on track and we look forward to working directly with you.